Are you struggling to get new people to sign up for your email newsletter? It is one thing to convince your friends and family to sign up, but how do you convince a stranger to give you her email address? Strangers don't care about you. They may not even know who you are, and there are millions of author newsletters, so why should they sign up for yours? There's a simple technique to get readers to want to sign up for your newsletter. This technique has worked for thousands of authors. It's worked for decades, and it works better today than ever before. So what is it? Find out in this episode of Novel Marketing, the longest-running book marketing podcast in the world. I'm Thomas Umstead, Jr., CEO of Author Media, and this is the show for writers who want to build their platform, sell more books, and make a difference with writing worth talking about. We have a special guest today to help us learn the secrets of how to get people to sign up for your newsletter. She writes under a few pen names across several genres and is the author of the popular book on email newsletters, Newsletter Ninja. Tammy Lebrecht, welcome to the Novel Marketing Podcast. Hey, Thomas. Thanks for having me. So as people probably got from the title of this episode, the answer is reader magnets. (laughs) But what is a reader magnet? Well, a reader magnet is something free that you give away so that people will join your mailing list. By and large, it's probably going to be something story-based. There are exceptions, but generally speaking, you're looking at some story that is related to or has something to do with the books that you've written or at the very least, the genre that you're writing in. It's a little taste of your fiction. And I find that it works best if it shares characters or a fantasy world or something with the other writing that you do. The more similar it is to your current book that you're promoting, one, the better it helps promote the book, but also the better it converts readers of that book to reading that short story. It's like, oh, here's more about the tavern that the heroes visit before they go on their great adventure. It's a whole short story in the tavern. What you want is for your reader magnet to just be a total no-brainer for somebody who just finished a book that you wrote, and they'll go, oh, I definitely have to have that story then. That's, that's the victory condition. It's interesting because for fiction, it's basically just short stories or something really similar to a short story prequel or Christmas vignette between your two love interests. Whereas for nonfiction, the list of potential reader magnets, it's almost overwhelming how many different kinds of things could be a reader magnet. So give us some examples for nonfiction that you've seen work well. So for nonfiction, what I see working really well are generally reference items. So a checklist, a planner, a cheat sheet, something that will take the information that the person is already presenting or when you get into their ecosystem, they have books or courses or something about it and it will present some chunk of it or an overview of it in a very concise way that lets you synthesize and use what it is that they're teaching. That for me has been working really well for nonfiction. The only problem is that sometimes when people are doing their nonfiction, there'll be a PDF and it's like seven pages long, but three of those pages are the introduction with their picture and then two pages at the end are selling a course. And there's like one page in between. I feel like that doesn't give a very good value. So try to just make it really information packed for people is how I approach it when I'm advising people with nonfiction. It's got to be a good experience. This is also true with your short story. Just because you wrote a short story doesn't mean it's ready to be a reader magnet. A common mistake I see with novelists is they hear an episode like this one, and they're like, oh, I need a reader magnet. I need to write a short story. So they take the very first short story they've ever written in their entire lives, and they make that the first impression with the reader. And it's like, 
Would you believe that literally every short story you write from now on will be better than that first one you wrote? It's like the more you practice, the more you develop the skill, the better of an experience they have and the better of an experience they have, the more they'll fall in love with you. Because it's not just about getting them on your email list. It's about that introduction. It's about it's like, wow, these are really cool characters. I want to know more about what happens with them. Oh, the book's only five bucks. Well, of course, I'll buy the book. So it's got to be a good experience. Yeah, 100%. I find that people who would never dream of slapdashing a book together, throwing on a homemade cover, not worrying about editing or whatever, when it comes to their novels, will come to me and be like, this is the reader magnet I'm going to use. And it's got some cover they made in MS Paint. Like, no, we're doing best foot forward here. You want to make a good impression. You're trying to pull in people who don't know you with your reader magnet and you want to be like super top notch as they're coming through the door. So exactly what you said, they finish the story and go, that was great. This is awesome. This person seems to be really good at telling stories. I'm going to go find another book. So let's talk a little bit about how to make it more magnetic. So like you're saying, the first thing is a good cover. I would have it be branded really similarly with the covers of your other books, especially if it's going to share characters and in a story world. Sometimes cover designers will give you a, a bargain if you're buying multiple covers together and you're like, hey, I'm also doing a short story and it's got this element like, oh, yeah, no problem. Well, I've got the files up and it's fresh in my mind. It's way less work to do the next cover. But do pay them. Cover designers are worthy of being paid. It's like you read my mind for starters. This is all stuff that I have said. Having your actual cover designer who did the series, that is the primo choice. And a lot of them, like you said, will do it on the cheap. They're like, oh, I'll just take these pictures out and throw these pictures behind the same filter and text and it's fine. Maybe they do something a little less complicated. Maybe your covers require a lot of overpainting. And for this one, they're just going to use a couple stock images. There's a lot of ways that a cover designer, if you say to them, this is just a reader magnet, we'll cut you a little bit of a break. The other option is to find a pre-made. I've had a lot of success with this. If you can find a pre-made that has the same sort of tone in terms of the artwork, a lot lot of times an, a designer will give it to you with no text on it and then you turn around and give it to your cover designer for your series and they just pop on same fonts same font styling the whole thing and suddenly boom branding because it's the branding that matters and if you just google pre-made book covers there are whole libraries of pre-made book covers and these really if you're wanting professional cheap this is a really good way to do it and you're like oh but somebody else may have the same cover it's like well, in this case, it's okay because yeah. it, this book doesn't live on Amazon. And this is something we should point out because sometimes people get confused about this. This short story, this book cover, it will never be on Amazon. This is a creature of your website. The only way they can get this amazing short story that you wrote is to go to your website and to sign up for it. And so if somebody else's website that they've never been to has a really similar cover, that's not the end of the world. A hundred percent. And since you mentioned it, yes, the exclusivity is super important. I've done a bunch of tests with this. The first time we ever actually really like looked at it to test it, to split test it, was with my friend Chris Fox, who was starting to write military science fiction. He had a prequel novella that he was using for the reader magnet. And then after he had been distributing that for a while, he put it up on Amazon for 99 cents and signups dropped. Just make it exclusive. And if the day comes that you really want to put it up on Amazon, on, just write your list a new cookie. They'll be really happy that you did. That's right. So you use the term cookie because before the term lead magnet and reader magnet came out, I used the word carrot and I had this picture of like a carrot, you know, dangling from a stick in front of a donkey and like you're leading the reader forward. 
I think that was a little demeaning to people who get it. <laughs> I think cookies a little bit better. But it, basically, it's a gift, right? Like somebody's coming to your house and you have this plate of cookies. And you're like, hey, welcome to my house. Here's a plate of cookies. And it's a reward for taking a risk with you. Because it's scary to give someone your email address. Yep, exactly. Thanks for the email address. Here's yeah, a cookie. It, it's scarier than giving them to giving Amazon 99 cents. I trust Amazon. I've given Amazon thousands of dollars. But I, I don't know you. You're some new author. Are you going to spam me? So going back to reader magnets, making them more magnetic, good cover, making it exclusive. I would say another thing that's important is a good title. It really matters. Let's not just slap on the first clunky title that we come up with. Try to do, you know, the best you can. If you write very clever titles or they're punny with a P or something like that, try to extend that into the reader magnet space as well. One really good hack for writing better titles is to write multiple titles and then pick the best ones. I've learned yes. this with this podcast because the first title I wrote for this episode was Reader Magnets for Authors. I'm like, okay, yeah. that's not very good. And so, but, and I have in my template for podcast episodes where a slot where I have to write five, at least five titles. The next one was how to grow your list with reader magnets. Like, okay, that's, that's better. How to develop delicious reader magnets, right? Cause I knew we were going to talk about cookies at some point. Cause I have read Newsletter Ninja. That's a great book. And so the current one that I have is how to get more email subscribers with delicious reader magnets. But the title you see in your app may be even better, right? Cause I'm going to keep brainstorming episode titles because it's important the title of something is really important especially if it's nonfiction. but it's important if it's uh, fiction as well the blurb or the little short pitch for it's also really key and i would add the final thing to make it more magnetic is good editing yes Absolutely. This is their first impression of you. You don't necessarily have to get a developmental editor, but you're going to want to definitely have some kind of like alpha or beta readers to make sure the story is solid. You're going to want to have the nitty gritty editing, like line edits, copy edits, proofreading, whatever you want to call those. It's important that your story be good, that it be well written, that it deliver a full story experience. I'm not a fan of sample chapters or cliffhangers or whatever. And it's important that it be as error free as you you can make it best foot forward on this because you do not get a second chance to make a first impression. That's right. Now, I would recommend that you get a developmental edit if you are unpublished currently. Oh, that's a great point. This is actually a really good opportunity to get some really solid feedback on your writing. And you'll definitely find it's cheaper to get a developmental edits on a 5,000 or 10,000 word short story than on your 100,000 word epic novel. <laughs> it's going to be way cheaper. And you'll find most first-time authors find that they're making the same mistakes over and over again. And so why pay an editor to find those mistakes over 100,000 words when they could just do it on 5,000 words? You're now better as an author, and you have this better uh, reader magnet, this gift that you can give to your readers. Okay, so now we have this amazing reader magnet. We've got the shiny cover. We've got this sparkling title that makes people curious. It's well edited. It's got a good pitch or a good blurb. But now let's talk about what to do with it, right? So you've got this PDF or you've got this EPUB living on your computer, but it's not doing you any good. You have to get it to readers and you have to invite them to sign up for it. So let's talk about things that you can do with your reader magnet. Let's start with the website. So walk us through putting the reader magnet on your website. Okay. What ideally happens with a reader magnet when somebody comes to your website is that the website has front page above the fold somewhere, guys, a, an appeal. Sign up here and get a free story set in the world of blah, blah, blah. Because as Thomas already said, you got to relate it to an existing book or series or characters. So set in the world of such and thus. 
And then, so they do that. They put their email address in, they click. The other option, of course, is that they click through from like, say, the back of a book that they've read of yours or another site where you're doing some sort of cross-promotion situation. In that case, you're not gonna direct them to the front page of your website, which is probably wonderful and full of distractions. But in that case, you're gonna send them to a landing page that doesn't have any other options except for them to sign up. But regardless of which place they sign up, the next step is, hey, go check your email. So they go and they check their email and what are they gonna get? Here's what they're not gonna get. (laughs) An email with a PDF attached. That's, don't do that. Do not send them your book through email. That's not how you wanna do it. In the black and white days of 2000, 11, what we did was make it available for download on our website, and then people would download it. And then a frighteningly large percentage of those people would email us and say, I don't know how to get this on my Kindle. And then we would spend a bunch of time doing customer service. And it was all very sad trying to teach people how to sideload books. We now have better options. The first program in the space that was able to deliver reader magnets for people was BookFunnel. There's now um, Story Origins. I believe Prolific Works is similar. You can deliver reader magnets that way. But basically get a third party to deliver that. In which case, when people get the email from you that says, thanks for signing up, here's your cookie, it will give them a link to a third party website where they will download that. In my case, it's BookFunnel. They click the link, they go over to BookFunnel. The book cover is there. The little product description is there. There's a button that says, download my book. And in a perfect world, it automatically appears on their Kindle or Nook or whatever they're using. However, when it doesn't, the good news is they email you and say, I can't get this book on my thing. And you say, that's no problem. Hit the help button over there on third-party website and they'll get you sorted right out. And you don't have to do that part. And that's really key for fiction because people don't want to read a PDF of your short story on their laptop. It's not a good experience. They'll have a much better experience on the couch with their Kindle. Now for nonfiction, if you're, it's a printable, you know, checklist or something or a Word document. So I create a lot of reader magnets and they're often like worksheets that go along with an episode where I'll go through and it's like, type this here, type this here. A Word document works great because even if somebody doesn't have Word, all the other Word processors can open a Word document. And so the built-in to convert kit file delivery works really well. But where that breaks down is not everyone can open a Mobi file. And so BookFunnel and Story Origin and these others solve that problem by making it easier. And, and a lot of rabid readers have already used BookFunnel, right? Millions of readers have used BookFunnel and Story Origin as well. And so they know how to go through those steps. But if you just gave them a Mobi file, they would really struggle to load that onto their Kindle. And frankly, these days, I struggle to get a movie file onto my Kindle. So I get it. I 100% get it. I'm so happy to outsource this. So let's talk briefly about that landing page. You'll hear us throw out a lot of technical terms. I'm trying to pause and define them. So a landing page is a page on your website or somewhere. It doesn't actually have to be on your website that has a single purpose where you want people to take a single action. And typically, the landing page doesn't have to be very complicated. You're not selling some expensive course or some big thing where you have to share all the features and benefits. You have the cover, the big, beautiful cover, real big. You have that blurb or or that pitch that you wrote. And then you have a sign-up field, maybe some trust badges on there. And then you've got to get people to this landing page. (laughs) Because why it's called the landing page is that people land on it directly rather than navigating to it, which means that you're going out into the world bringing people to that landing page. So an easy way to do it is 
in the back matter of your book, say, hey, if you want the Christmas story, what happens with these characters after the story ends, go to mywebsite.com forward slash Christmas. And then that redirects them to the landing page wherever it lives. But what are some other ways to get people to that landing page? Let me just stop and emphasize what you've said about how the back of your book will say mywebsite.com slash Christmas. I want to linger on that for a second because it's a mistake I see a lot of people make. Don't ever in the back of your book send people to any place other than your website ever. Do not send people to a third party site from the back of your books. What some people don't know is that once somebody downloads your book onto their Kindle, even if they borrow it in Kindle Unlimited and then they return it, that version that existed for them Amazon freezes. That is their static version, and that's what they'll always get. And if you move from MailerLite to ActiveCampaign next week, and someone reads your book the week after that, now they have a dead link. So always, always, always send them to your website. Even if you don't want to build landing pages, just make a redirect so that it comes in as your website slash Christmas, and then it just zoop, seamlessly shoots them off somewhere else. If the day comes that you're no longer using that third party, you can at least change where the direct goes. Exactly. And not only that, but if you're using the free redirection plugin, which is a plugin that I recommend, it will track how many people use that redirect. So you can be like, oh, 15 people or 500 people went to the back of my book and went to my website.com forward slash Christmas. And then, you know, you're like, ah, I hate book funnel. I'm switching to story origin. I'm buying their big thing. You can just point the redirect to story origin and your readers don't know any different. And the new people are now going to the new place. I also recommend this for social networks. So never say go to facebook.com forward slash my name. Say go to my name.com forward slash Facebook. That way if Facebook cancels you. You can have that redirect go to a blog post that's your side of the story. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Why am I not on Facebook? Well, let me tell you. But to answer your question, which was, I believe, where else can you get people directed onto your landing page? There's a few different ways. So back of book is always of huge preference because the back of the book means somebody finished your book and said, oh, that was good. I want to read this story. Awesome. We love them. They are gold for us. But you can also do a variety of types of networking with other authors that will get people to come in to that landing page. You can do like a newsletter swap with just some other author that you know or that you would like to meet or that you've networked with in some way. And and let's pause real quick and explain what a newsletter swap is, because it is not giving your email subscribers to another author. (laughs) Thank you for saying (laughs) that. That that is illegal. And it's a bad practice. (laughs) I I know a lot of people who've never heard of a newsletter swap, they assume that that's what it means. It's not what it means. It's not what Tammy's saying. That's not what I'm saying. So what is a newsletter swap? Yeah, it's like having a guest on your podcast, for example. A newsletter swap is when somebody with their own newsletter list takes your reader magnet and offers it to them and says, hey, my friend has this story. Do you think you would like to read it? And they send it out. So let's say we do an exchange, right? So you're like, hey, Thomas has this guide on how to sound good on podcasts or whatever. So you would send an email to your list saying, hey, if anybody's interested in getting booked on a podcast, you can click here to get the free guide. And the people who do click and then go on to sign up, they're now choosing on their own to sign up for my newsletter. And if I were to share, hey, Newsletter Ninja, here's this cor- you know free thing, the people who clicked would be on Tammy's newsletter, but it's their choice to join the newsletter. And people like getting offered free things. You can overdo it, right? But occasionally working with another author, especially if they're in a similar genre or the same genre, 
it, it is a really great gift. I'm like, oh, thank you so much. I'd love to get this free thing. And now they've been introduced to another good author. It's solving the problem of what should I read next because you don't read enough books for your most voracious readers. So why not be the recommender for them in that source of authority? And a newsletter swap is a, a good way to do that. It's a fantastic way to do it. And if you approach people whose readers you would genuinely like to have come over to your side of the fence because you write like that person, you know that they would enjoy your books, you have the added benefit of now you're sharing readers, right? And in the stores that are more algorithm driven, what will happen is that the the little robots behind the scene will see people who like author A seem to be buying author B as well. And you get sort of tied together on those platforms, which is a fun little ninja way to wind up in what Amazon used to always have the people who bought this also bought that strip. But also a warning, don't team up with anyone that you don't want on your book pages. As That's also a darn part. good point. Let <laughs> me tell you a sad story of, of the time that I released a romance and the number one also bought for like six weeks was David Gogren's Strangers to Superfans. Don't cross the streams, friends. <laughs> Make sure that you're promoting with people that you want to share a readership with. Another great place to use that reader magnet is in your podcast interviews. So you're on a podcast being interviewed. Yes, you're promoting your paid book. But at the end, you're like, hey, I have a free gift for your listeners that's related to this topic. This is really good for nonfiction, but it also works for fiction. And we actually have an example of that. So we're going to go a little meta. Timmy, you have a reader magnet for this very podcast episode, which you'll notice a lot of my guests have special gifts for you, the listeners. So Timmy, what's your gift for the people listening? So I have a cheat sheet. It is called 10 Tips for Writing Emails That People Want to Read. You can get it just by going to newsletterninja.net slash novel marketing. It's the .net, not the .com. And if you go there, you can download that cheat sheet and you can sign up for the newsletter if you want to. I am actually trying out something kind of cool where the sign up is totally optional. And I have been surprised because the conversion on that is huge. People do want to sign up. Don't know if it would translate to fiction. I suspect perhaps not as robustly, but I also think probably the quality of signups goes up when you allow that. So I'm going to test it out, see what happens. If you download the cheat sheet and you do sign up for the newsletter, I'll be reporting back on how it happens, so you, how it works out, so you'll be able to see. And this is the mindset for effective email marketing, the trying things and experimenting with things. This is how you learn. Another place to use your reader magnet is on these marketplace sites. There's more and more of these sites emerging. Book Sweeps does it. Uh, Story Origin does it. There's a bunch of others that do it. And Book Sweeps will do a, like, hey, here's a whole bunch of urban fantasy stories. And a lot of those urban fantasy stories are actually the reader magnets from those people's websites, right? They wrote a short novella or they wrote a short story. They got a good cover and it's eligible. And for an unpublished author, this is one of the fastest ways to go from zero subscribers to 500 subscribers because you don't have a book to give away, but you do have a short story to give away. And then when you do have a book with those same characters coming out a year from now, you're not launching to a list of zero people. You're launching to a a list of super urban fantasy fans because the kind of people who are on book sweeps downloading all of the urban fantasy books looking for the new thing, they're the kind of people who are going to take a risk on a new author. I will tell you a specific story. I have a client who came to me who was starting a whole new pen name. I'm pretty sure they're a new author entirely. At any rate, they came to me and said, I read your book and I think I should try to build my newsletter before I even publish book one. And I said, you're absolutely correct. You should. Do you have a reader magnet? They said, well, no, but I could maybe write something that happened when she was in high school. I'm like, an origin story. Awesome. They wrote the reader magnet. 
And then they entered the Reader Magnet in two group promotions on BookFunnel. It's just an option on BookFunnel, and they also do these in Story Origins. So they entered the Reader Magnet in two group promotions on BookFunnel. What happens in a group promotion is like a newsletter swap, only writ large. So 10 people put their books all on one page on BookFunnel. No need to get into the tech, but it's very easy to do. And then each of you sends it to your list, sends them a link to that page. Your readers head over. They look at the covers. They look at the blurbs. This is where being pro makes a big difference when they're deciding which of these 10, 20 books they want. They download the ones they like and wind up on your list. This person launched their book one of their Cozy series to about 600 people on their list. That's way better than crickets, right? They're not setting Amazon on fire. They didn't launch to 100 in the store, but they've made back their investment on covers and editing, and they're on their way. Book two's out soon. Uh, readers have obviously signed up from the backs of books, like their list is growing. And that just doesn't happen if you start flat with nothing. So yeah, I think that kind of thing is incredibly helpful. And the more you can do of it before you even start releasing, the better, frankly. Even if you are already writing, if you start a new series, just bake it in, the cookie, just bake it in to the process of writing that next series And you can have it ready to go before the books are even ready to go. And people are super hyped about it. It's a total win-win. And what I found is each one of these websites has its own community of readers. And Mm -hmm. so the more promotions you do on BookFunnel, the less of a return you're going to get from BookFunnel. Because a lot of the BookFunnel people who would be interested in your book have already joined your list. And it does cost a little bit of money. Book sweeps promotion costs a little bit of money, but it's totally worth it. It's the cheapest email subscribers you're going to get. A couple of others you should look at is authorsxp.com and storyorigin.com. So again, each one of these has their own community. Some are stronger in some genres than others, but we're talking like 50 bucks for a promo, 100 bucks for a promo, sometimes less. Like I occasionally teach a course on advanced automations. And one of the things that we do in that course is there's a worksheet to see how much your list subscribers cost you per subscriber, right? So if you paid $50 for your book funnel subscription for the year, how many people did you get last year? And how many people did you retain past like, say the six month mark? It's a whole, it's a whole worksheet. People love a worksheet. But what's interesting about that, it's not just my own data that I'm looking at, but I get to look at the data for the clients that I do promotions for, and I get to look at the student data. There's really not any cheaper subscriber than Story Origin, book sweeps, book funnel, they're cheaper than a book bub and people will pay for a book bub in a heartbeat. They don't even think anything of it. And one thing that I found that I think is really interesting because there is a real prejudice, a real bias in the community sometimes against what they call non-organic subscribers, right? But what I found very interesting is that at that six month mark, if you have onboarded people properly and you're doing list hygiene to get rid of any unengaged subscribers, the people who came from the back of your book and the people who came from a book sweeps or a book funnel promo, they don't behave any differently. The open rates are not demonstrably different. The click-through rates are not different. The people who join, make it through the welcome and are happy to stick around, behave the same way as the gold standard organic people. So you should never shy away from these things. They are cheap, they are super effective, and they work. If you are wanting to know what list hygiene is or an onboarding sequence, we are not going to tell you. (laughs) Instead, I'm going to encourage you to go and buy the book 
Newsletter Ninja. Tammy has two excellent books, Newsletter Ninja 1 and Newsletter Ninja 2. These, you can get the ebook versions of these for like $5, $6 on Amazon. They're really good. I just finished reading Newsletter Ninja uh, yesterday. It's really practical. I agree with 95% of the stuff in there, which is really high <laughs> for a Thank book you. on marketing. So it has the Thomas Umstadt stamp of approval. I'm waiting for Newsletter Ninja 2, but I do encourage you to check out those books because they're very practical. They're very step-by-step. And reading good books on marketing is the very best return on investment you can get to improve your platform because the book is so affordable. But if you're wanting even more help, Tammy, I know you've got some interactive courses. So tell us about those. I do. I run them pretty infrequently, to be honest, but I maintain a wait list. So when I open them up, I just let people know that they're ready. There's a very basic course that goes over a lot of the same material that's already in Newsletter Ninja, only because some people read it and go, oh, awesome. And they just run off and implement everything. But some people read it and they go, that sounds great. But like, how? In which case, we can do a little handholding, get you through it, get you a workbook, get you some videos to demonstrate. So there's that. I do the course on advanced automations, which I run pretty infrequently, but that one's super fun. I have a very cool kind of proprietary onboarding design that people seem to really get great results with. That's really for people, though, who have big lists and or big catalogs. And then I just recently started with a course. I called it the Cookie Challenge. It's all still very up in the air. But what I did basically was take a cohort of people through a six-week program to write their reader magnets. So they started with nothing and ostensibly finished with a finished, edited, covered reader magnet. And one thing I think that worked really well for people was discovering that the craft of short stories is a lot different than the craft of writing a novel. So that I think is probably a piece of advice I would definitely give people have a a takeaway from this should be that if you do want to write something shorter for your reader magnet, do a little reading about the craft of short story writing because short stories are a different beast than novels. So yeah, those are my three. And we have episodes on short story writing. We'll have links to those episodes in the show notes, including an episode with James Scott Bell, uh, who is quite good. (laughs) He's a great guest and he has a lot to say about short stories. So if you want to listen to that episode, you can just go to authormedia.com and do a search for James Scott Bell. And if you want to find out more about Tammy's courses or to join those wait lists, just go to newsletterninja.net. Tammy Lebrecht, thank you for joining us on the Novel Marketing Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I had an awesome time. Our sponsor today is the free course, How to Build an Amazing Author Website. If you heard us talking about building a landing page and you're like, I don't even have a website, this is a free course that I put together for authors walking you through step-by-step how to build a website. And from the homepage to the about page to however many landing pages you want to build, hundreds of authors have gone through this course to build a website themselves. They never thought they could. I used to build websites for authors. I retired and I built this course as a way of saying no (laughs) gracefully to all the people who kept wanting me to build them a website. If you want to check that course out, you can find it at authormedia.com slash courses. Our featured patron today is Eloise White, author of Soul Inspirations. You'll gain a new relationship with Jesus as you trust him to be your confident healer and life-giving friend. Eloise White, thank you so much for your support of the podcast. It is you and patrons like you that keep the Novel Marketing Podcast on the air. 
The Novel Marketing Podcast is a production of Author Media. Our producer is Lori Christine. This episode's audio was edited by William Umstadt, and the blog post version is crafted by Lori Christine. To read the blog version of this episode and to find the free guide, 10 Tips for Writing Emails People Actually Want to Read, visit authormedia.com slash 325. I'm Thomas Umstadt Jr. saying thank you for listening and live long and prosper.